0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Resident on Earth podcast, the podcast for the curious being who wants to learn and grow. I'm Jana Zokos, certified life coach, yoga instructor, nature lover, living a slow life in the English countryside. In this podcast, I want to bring in reflections, lessons and tools that have supported me and still do to help you live a courageous, authentic and fulfilled life. My hope is to plant tiny seeds of awareness so that we all might grow and evolve collectively. Thank you so much for being here with me. Let's get started. Hello, my friends, welcome back. Welcome to another episode of the Resident on Earth podcast. Today is episode number six. Wow, it's been over a month already since I've started this podcast journey, I can say, and um, I'm very, very happy with it. I'm having so much fun recording this for you, and I really, really hope you're finding this helpful and useful. So thank you very, very much for listening, as always. (laughs) Today I want to talk about something that is very, very dear to me, a topic that I, I find very important to talk about, and that's the inner critic. It's this voice that very often takes the lead and makes tasks, and I can say life in general, much harder. Very often it does so by standing as an obstacle between where we are and where we want to go, our goals and dreams, etc., etc. So I see it as an internal chatter that holds ourselves back, the voice of self-doubt. And for some of us, it shows around professional life, or around our role in relationships, or around appearance and body image, around our creative endeavors. And, you know, it becomes literally a background noise we live with. Now, think of all the fulfillment and joy that is not experienced because of this inner voice. So, what can we do with this voice? Can we get rid of it? How? Well, we can't really. But what we can do is learning how to live with it, is learning how to deal with it, not being held back by it, but acknowledging it, hearing it. And what we really want is not to take any direction from it. So imagine driving a car and this inner critic is sitting right there next to you on the passenger seat. So you know exactly where you're going and why. And the critic will come up with some sentences you'll hear and acknowledge them. And you're still going to drive towards your destination. And since we can't leave the inner critic on the side of the road, what we can do is learn how to deal with it and work effectively with it. We want to quiet this voice, not to eliminate it, not to banish it, because we can't. Now, I want to list to you some of the qualities of this voice, and you might relate to some of them. I personally do relate to quite a few of these ones. And this voice can be harsh, rude, and mean. You know, things that you probably wouldn't even say to a person you love. And also this voice can be binary. It's either black or white. There's no room for grey. You're either an amazing friend or a horrible one. You're either beautiful or ugly. Either awesome or pathetic. Either fun or boring. You see, there's no room for grey. There's no room to consider complexity of a circumstance or an event. And it's also a voice That sounds like a broken record. Usually the statements the inner critic comes up with are always the same. And they are irrational but persistent. You know, we know that very often this voice is irrational. Yet, it still has power over us. It's the voice that says that you aren't ready which translates as you need more experience, you need more qualifications, you need to learn more, you need to study more, you need to know more, you don't know enough, etc. And sometimes this voice is inspired by the critical people in your life. And you may hear echoes of a critical parent, a sibling or a boss and so on. These are some of the ways that the inner critic shows up. And you know, you might ask, but what if I'm actually not qualified and not ready? What if this voice is realistic rather than critic? And absolutely, this is a question that I've been asking myself a lot in the past. And this is a very important question because, of course, there are things that we aren't ready for. There are skills that we still want and need to develop. And we all have weaknesses in our abilities. But there is a difference between the realistic thinker and the critic. The realistic thinker uh, wants to move us forward. Okay, looks for solutions rather than problems and maybe areas of luck. It's curious, asks open-ended questions, deals with complexity and gray areas and speaks in a calmer tone. I don't know about yours, but my inner critic has more of an anxious tone. There's nothing that sounds as grounded or calm or anything like that. And just by observing the way it shows up, I can see the difference between the two. As I said, one is grounded, calm and clear-eyed. And many of us believe that realistic thinking is skeptical, if not pessimistic. But in fact, realistic thinking is inquisitive, exploratory and creative. And now it comes natural to question, so why do we have inner critics? Well, we are hardwired for it. This is how our brain works. And the inner critic is an expression of the safety instinct in us. And it wants to keep us safe from emotional risk and from emotional exposure. And it's not going to do it by being very kind either. (laughs) It's not going to tell you not to write that book. It's going to tell you you have nothing new to offer. It's not going to tell you don't share your ideas, but your ideas have no value. Or he's not going to tell you, stop creating. He's going to tell you, your creations suck. And, you know, can you see the difference? This voice is loud when we are exposed to a real and perceived vulnerability. It's something that triggers fears of embarrassment, rejection, failure or pain. The inner critic doesn't care about fulfillment or joy. What matters is that you stay stuck in the zone of the familiar or the so-called comfort zone so that you are safe, because you know it, because it's familiar. Okay, now let's move to my favorite part. Let's see what we can practically do to quiet this voice. And as I've said already, the goal is not to eliminate it, it's not possible. But we want to hear it, acknowledge it, and not take direction from it. This voice doesn't want to determine your choices. Okay, who does that then? Well, that's your inner wise, (laughs) and I'll talk about this in the next episode. Recognizing this inner voice gives us awareness, and this is the first and most important step, because this awareness can immediately take us away from its power. We want to recognize it as just a voice within, not the ultimate authority. So the critic is not the core of you. You are the one hearing that voice, the one bumped by believing it. You are the one who wants to get rid of it, okay? So here are some tools I want to share with you to start to create this sort of distance, this sort of detachment by this voice, so really seeing it as something separate from the core of you. And this is something that you want to do every time your inner critic shows up, and this can be on a daily basis because these tools are very, very simple. First of all, you want to label it and notice it, so... Just by saying, okay, I'm hearing my inner critic right now. This is my inner critic talking. And separate yourself from the inner critic. Instead of saying, I'm having a little freak out right now, use, my inner critic is having a little freak out right now. And you can turn down the volume of your critic's voice. Imagine a volume dial and turn it down all the way. What I do sometimes, I close my eyes and I really see myself turning the volume all the way down. And now we move to my favorite one. Create a character with a name and visual image. So this makes it easier because you can see its words coming from a specific source. And in my case, my inner critic is called Timo. (laughs) He's a man in his 40s, black curly hair, dark eyes, wearing a t-shirt and blue jeans. And he's always sitting on a chair impatient, watching what goes on until his moment comes so that he can show up. And, you know, I also want to create some humor around it. Like, what Timo has to say is usually very absurd. So ask yourself, what is absurd or funny about what the inner critic has to say? You're going to find evidence. And, you know, another thing you can do is really imagine, really visualize sending this character, your inner critic, out of the room. I send mine to the pub. I even know which pub, (laughs) a local pub here in my area. (laughs) It's a cute pub, it's a nice pub, so I'm treating him well. (laughs) But yeah, so I really want to allow myself to have a break from an inner chatter that is not serving me in any way. And last but not least, use compassion. Understand what motivates your inner critic. What does he want to protect you from? What is it afraid of? And if you have created a character, imagine them giving you an answer. It's a dialogue, it's not a monologue. And usually they want to protect you from embarrassment, pain and failure. Tell them, thank you. I see what you're doing here and I really appreciate this. But don't worry, I've got this. You're fine, you're safe, I've got this. It's important that we don't make an enemy of the critic because if we do, we are making an enemy with a part of us. So arguing with this part of us won't shut it down. It's going to show up even louder, even more aggressive and we want to integrate this part by hearing it and by acknowledging it. Remember the analogy of the car? You don't want to have your worst enemy inside the car with you, do you? So imagine you just have this character sitting next to us and, you know, you're still going to be the one who makes all the decisions. So creating a character has really, really helped me because like this, I was able to create a distance and detach from it. And I invite you to do the same. How does it look? How does their voice sound? An older voice or a younger voice? Where do they live? What are they wearing? And if you like, close your eyes and see what comes up. Name your character and call it by their name every time they show up. How does personifying your critic lighten its influence and helps you take it less seriously? How does it help you to see it as a voice within and not the whole of you? What is it trying to protect you from? What is it afraid of? What is it trying to achieve by saying that to you? And you will see that slowly, slowly, your relationship with the critic will begin to change. And you will see that their intention is good. They want to keep you safe. But they're doing that by keeping you stuck. And, you know, this awareness is ongoing. These are practices for forever. You know, the inner critic is going to adapt. As we change, as we adapt, the inner critic will also do. And, yes, this is it for today. Thank you, my friends. Let me know the name of your inner critic if you like and maybe we can send them together to the pub with mine, with Timo (laughs) or maybe to a wine bar (laughs) thank you for listening till next Thursday, have a good week and today, considering the topic more than ever, remember to trust yourself, love yourself and speak kindly to yourself